0: people are stupid I mean I know I am but a lot of you out there are dumb too here's how I know that our next guest's name is Ben Rothenberg his twitter bio says freelance writer for the New York Times co-host NCR tennis podcast mostly tennis enjoys Eurovision and Ikea furniture assembly this guy got a lot of tweets (laughs) <laughs> of, from people thinking he was Ben Roethlisberger. Such as, choke artist. Okay, I see you want to catch them off guard with the slant. And you waited too long. Just throw it away. You're smarter than that. Choke on that. You're no Dan Marino. You dumbass idiot. You bleeping blew it. you still my favorite quarterback, though. And his response was, Steelers lost, I gather. I like this guy. We bring him on. The Crowley Show right now. Uh, ben, thank you so much for taking the time today.
1: Oh, for sure. Happy to be here.
0: Dude, why didn't you throw it away? I don't understand. What were you thinking yeah. there at the end of the game?
1: My first and foremost uh, thoughts on the game is that it was a catch. Let's start with that part of the game. And otherwise, yeah, I, I, you know, people make mistakes. I still have enough rings to keep everybody else quiet, hopefully.
0: That's a good point by you, Ben. Uh, what's your what's your yeah. what's the issue with you and Todd Haley? You guys still got problems going
1: on? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to touch that one. I don't think.
0: Okay. See, you know what would happen is if you said something inflammatory about Todd Haley on this show, people would then think the real Ben Roethlisberger said something inflammatory about Todd Haley. Does this happen to you for every Steelers game?
1: It happens a lot. It certainly happens when they, when Roethlisberger plays worse, for sure. Like I used, to, I can reliably get. For a while, I could reliably get messages anytime he threw an interception. Like it was pretty much that regularly. Really? Um, yeah, but then, and obviously, this is a high-profile game that they lost in pretty dramatic fashion. So I was—I I hadn't been watching this game actually, but I was—I someone sent me a message like, "You're about to get a lot of a lot of tweets for Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger," and uh, they were—they were correct. So it's been going on for you know years. I, I can't really remember when it started. I, I, I noticed the guy's similarity to my name back when he was in college when he was playing for Miami of Ohio. And so right away, there's not that many names that sound even remotely like Rothenberg or Ben Rothenberg. Um, but I didn't think that people would keep confusing us uh, <laughs> this long into a decade later.
0: Hate's a strong word, but do you, do you have some animosity towards the Steelers and towards Ben Roethlisberger for your Twitter timeline and your notifications getting all bleeped up?
1: Not really. I mean, mostly I found it pretty amusing. That's why, mostly why I share it. it. The only time it really got out of control... Was um, actually this year after the they stayed in the locker room that one game uh, and just Villanueva went out. And then I got I was getting like 10 tweets, uh, you know, or maybe like 50 tweets an hour for like that whole Monday. And that was a bit exhausting. Uh, and that's the only time it really cluttered up my uh, social media experience too fully. But most of the time it's pretty amusing, you know, people sending me tweets, you know, wishing me good luck or. <laughs> telling me to get Palomalu traded or whatever it might have been over the years. It's been a lot of different things, and, and, and pretty much is usually pretty amusing.
0: Um, uh, people's inability to read is just its its staggering to me, although uh, I just discovered this, and this is kind of funny. When I just clicked on your Twitter profile again, Ben, I saw that you had your email there at the bottom. Meanwhile, I tweeted you publicly to be like, hey, man, can you come on the show? So apparently I can't <laughs> read either.
1: No, I mean, it happened to me, too, because I've I've tweeted out this stuff about the Roethlisberger mix-up a couple times before, but this is the time that definitely blew up on social media, and my tweet got, I don't know, like 3,000 retweets, something ridiculous like that. And I got a – someone liked it named Matt Murray, and I got all sort of – my ears perked up, and I was like, oh, that must be the Penguins goalie, Matt Murray. Like, this is catching on in Pittsburgh, you know, sports, whatever, and it was just some other guy or some local news station somewhere, nowhere near Pittsburgh. So, I mean, I'm at least a little bit susceptible to the same name or close name – Mix-ups as anybody else.
0: Those local media personalities, just a bunch of schlubs. So what? So what do you do? I mean, it says freelance writer, New York Times. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, how old are you, Ben? You look young. I'm 30. You're 30, and you've written for the New York Times. My God, you're so much more successful than me, too. You might be more <laughs> successful than Roethlisberger, for all I know.
1: Ah, uh, week in, week out, probably not. But you know, he has his down moments that I can probably take advantage of. Um, but no, I mean, I, yeah, I've done, I've done well for myself for sure. I'm very happy with. My writing's gone, and you know, within tenants, there's certainly somebody who people know uh, decently well. It's a pretty small pond there, so but I've been this NFL avalanche stuff comes along, and I realize how much more people care about the Pittsburgh Steelers than anything I will uh, ever do. So it keeps me pretty <laughs> helpful.
0: Now, are you very well known in the IKEA furniture assembly community?
1: Hopefully, locally, like seriously, I have I tell anyone who might know anyone who's ever going to IKEA that I will happily put together their stuff for them it's like i find it like adult legos i find it very soothing for whatever reason get your box full of pieces in your pictograph uh, instructions and i just have a ball it's a weird p- i realize but it's a it's a fun hobby
0: man it just whatever you can do whatever you can do that you like man i mean we're all yeah. we're all we're all about people doing what they want to do to each their own yeah thanks for the time man appreciate it
1: yeah for sure and while i'm here i should say go flyers Oh no! Yeah. What happened? I can't let that happen on the show. I know. Sorry. Yeah, had to do it. Man, Flyers I, are great. Penguins are terrible.
0: I didn't think there that was going to happen with a uh, with a tennis dude.
1: Yeah. Now I grew up a Flyers fan. <sighs> for two years, I was a Penguins fan when Rick a- got
0: <laughs> What? Let me. All right. One last question then for you, Ben. Yeah. T- well, yeah. it, it, maybe not so much a question, but. I, and I want to get away from the flyer stuff as much as possible. Tell me something that I don't know about tennis. And there's probably a lot of things, but get, give me a t- maybe you could be the Crowley Show tennis correspondent moving forward.
1: Yeah, there's two. There's actually two good, pretty good players from Pittsburgh. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, there's a woman named Allison Ritz. who's probably ranked about 50th in the world. Uh, she's good. And then there's a, another guy named Bjorn Fratangelo, who's uh, also from Pittsburgh. He won like the Junior French Open about four years ago. So Pittsburgh's a quietly a decent uh, tennis hotbed in the American landscape.
0: If your name is Bjorn, you have to play tennis, yes? Oh,
1: yeah. 100%. Okay. He had no choice.
0: Very good. And if your name is Ben Rothenberg, you either are a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I just add a few letters, or you're a freelance writer for the New York Times and the co-host of the NCR Tennis Podcast. Hey, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it.
1: Don't worry. Thanks for having me.
0: Flyer scum, we kick your arse. I like that guy. Seemed cool. Although I'm seeing now that he didn't follow me back on Twitter. Actually, this guy seems like he's a big shot. He got 59,000 followers. I want to see how many people like this podcast. 5,000. All right. He's got nice hair. He's better looking than Ben Roethlisberger. That much, I know for sure. Let's go to Bill in Indy next on The Crowley Show. Bill, how good are you at assembling IKEA furniture?
2: I've never been to an IKEA, and they just built one on the north side of Indianapolis, and it
0: is it is a
2: traffic nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> i don't go anywhere near that
0: area dude i'll tell you i like indy man indy's all spread out but i feel like eventually it's going to get ruined with stuff like that because it is such a nice town that uh, more people are going to go and well what is it the swedish they're going to start building ikeas all over the damn place
2: <laughs> there's a lot to like about here uh, hey it would have been great if when you asked him about uh, todd haley and him if he said todd and i don't speak that would have uh, been the line. You could have kept that, and then that that could have went uh, yeah went crazy. Ben I don't and know. Todd don't speak.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I got any good drops out of them there. I'll have to right. I'll go back and listen.
2: But okay, so you just uh, hit on something, that I I think I might be able to give you a, a, my thinking on why you feel like this loss was worse than the AFC Championship game because I I feel the same way, and it's because. Bottom line, that the league stole the game from us. The Patriots didn't win that game. We got it taken from us from a variety – they got it taken from for a variety of reasons with the minutiae of these rules and all the little the little verbiage. And, and it, the referees on the field called it a damn touchdown. And, and that's what is the worst thing about it is everybody, everybody knew, knew it was a touchdown. And then – I heard today or read that Belichick was like, first he's like, oh, I to not know what, what they were viewing," And then he says today that, oh, I thought the ball hit the ground. And, you know, right. it's, just, you know it's, these guys, it's just so annoying that the league has to get their fingers on everything. How is this good for football when all we're talking about is minutia and the rule, not how good of a game it was. And it was a really fun, exciting game. I had a great time watching it. When when they, when they, when Jesse scored, I was so loud in the house. It was just unbelievable. It was so fun. And then I, 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 the, the the pit in my stomach when they said overturn. And, and your very first guess you had on today was he said he didn't want to talk about the officiating because he thought it was good. And I wanted to jump through the the the, the, the radio because New England had two penalties in the game. Yeah, and, and you know right? what? And, and, and one hand, one hand. got one hand; and the other's being pulled down.
0: I know, so, I know. It's it's frustrating. So
2: Rewatch that game. Were you at the stadium
0: or? or I was, was not. Know? I was at the. I was here at the studio, but I did. I rewatched it again this morning, and oh, God, man, t- just
2: so many bad. bad there were, and they, thank you for the call, call, Bill. Call it. Yeah, I appreciate. It. We'll, we'll get them, man. We'll, we'll be all right.
0: Thanks, dude. Yeah, when it went down again. Transparency, the number one virtue of the Crowley show. That guy's a convict, right? Like, he's running from the cops. Did you Did you hear the siren the whole time? Like, he must have just robbed the friggin' Ikea. But transparency being the number one virtue of the Crowley show, I don't get into these games as much as I did when I was younger because I've covered the team now, and I worked for SNR for a while, and I had to go in the locker room, and you're talking to players, and your fandom starts to leave you. Man, I freaking hate the Patriots. I can't stand them. And because of that, when Juju Smith-Schuster is running down the field, Brian LaMartina, who's our assistant program director, you hear him all the time here on the show, we became one person. I mean, it was more intimate than my wedding night. Bodies all over each other slithering all up and down, jumping up and down, high-fiving. I think we did a moon landing at one point. And then when they overturned it, my reaction was like, ah, typical. But then when Ben (laughs) threw a pick, I just took my hat off and whipped it across the room because I've seen it so many times before. And I don't know if this is because I love the Steelers, Or just hatred for the New England Patriots. I think it's more Ah! hatred for New England, in all honesty. 4129222874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Nice of Rothenberg to come on the show. Good sport there. Flyers fan? If your name is Bjorn, you have to play tennis. You have to play tennis. Without a doubt. That's like your kid getting named Bronco and not playing football. Bronco Ligurski. Like, you gotta be a football player. Or like Hank. If your kid's name is Hank, he's either a cop or a football player. Coming up next, we touch on why the Patriots aren't perfect. And I got my man, Stu Gotts, we believe, from the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gotts joining us at 6.30. Been a rough day for ESPN employees, and this is something we're going to talk about more on the show tomorrow. You guys don't so much care about it right now because, huh, duh. But John Skipper, the president of ESPN, got fired. Well, pardon me. He he resigned. I'm not going to ask Stu about that. You don't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about it. He didn't say that, but we're not going to do that to him. But that's why we've had some tough time trying to get him. Not that he's been difficult. I'm just going to get out of this segment. I'm getting out of this segment. We had Stugatz, I think, at 6.30. If we don't, here's what I'm trying to say. It's not because he's a bad guy. He's been very nice about everything. It's because there's other bleep going on. It's a Crowley show. Bjorn! really need a webcam up in here. The moves I got are dope. Valentine Huerta tweets. Be really nice to get a Pens victory tonight after a big Steelers loss. Hashtag go Pens. Yeah, that'll make the hurt go away. It's like if your lover scorns you and you break up and then you get a rebound, chick. It ain't the same. Right now, it's the middle of Steelers season. And for as much as we care about the Penguins around here, and we do, (laughs) it doesn't even compare to how people are feeling about the Steelers right now, given the circumstances. Now, I'm a big Penguins guy. I've defended that among younger people, the Penguins might be more popular than the Steelers. But the numbers for that game yesterday were staggering. And, in fact, it was the lowest-rated Sunday night football game here in Pittsburgh since 2006 after their loss. So people were fed up with the NFL after the Steelers lost. If the Steelers lost, they're like, F this, we're done. Usually, Pittsburgh's a really big town for any football game. And last night, they were like, bleep this, we ain't watching it. Uh, We're tired of the NFL right now. And that's what's so sad about this game, isn't it? That it was such a fabulous football game, and then we wind up talking about the garbage. Here's some good things to take from this. How about that? Because we haven't talked about the good things enough. Ben Roethlisberger played a great game. Threw the ball 30 times. I thought he might throw it more than that, but he didn't have to because the running game was so successful. 22-30, 281 obviously the costly interception at the end, and that's the difference in the game. But for the majority of the four quarters, he was outstanding. and In the first half, he was unbelievable. Le'Veon Bell had, I think, his best game of the season running the football and then added to it with five catches and 48 yards. He had a 4.9 yards per carry average, and he's been averaging 3.9 all season long. He had a couple of long runs. The tosses to the right were working. Chris Hubbard played well. All of a sudden, he becomes your sixth offensive lineman. They're going to be okay. The more I get removed from this game, the more I realize how good the Steelers are. And yesterday, only went further to prove it. We've talked all season long. Can they beat the Patriots? Can they beat the Patriots? Can they beat the Patriots? The answer is yes. They can beat them. It's a resounding yes to me. When they go to Foxborough, I don't care that you're on the road. Hopefully Ben's not road Ben, but this team can play anybody anywhere and be competitive. I thought they were the better team yesterday. I think they're better than New England. I think they've got better personnel. It doesn't guarantee anything, but all season long we've asked the question, how will they match up against the Patriots? And a lot of the times the answer's been, well, the defense is bad. They're going to give up a million points. They gave up 27. You can live with that against these guys. That's always been the conversation, right? The conversation's been, how do you stack up against New England? I think they stack up well. I think they proved that. Depending on who you ask, the Steelers scored a touchdown at the end of the game. Now, don't ask the refs. You won't like the answer. But the Steelers did a lot of good things in this game. A lot of them. And I hope they're being discussed today. Because the season didn't end with that loss yesterday. The Steelers still have two games left in the regular season. The Steelers still get to play in the playoffs. They've already qualified. If they get that second seed, whoever they have to play in the second round is going to come to Pittsburgh. They've got a good shot at going to the AFC Championship game. And they just proved they can match up with New England. How about this? Steeler's held the ball for 9 minutes longer than New England 35 to 24. Bad math by me. 35 25. 10 minutes. Took me 5 years to graduate West Virginia. 21 first downs for New England, 21 for Pittsburgh. Even. 14 passing first downs for both teams, even. 7 rushing first downs for Pittsburgh, 5 for New England. Even. Third down efficiency. Steelers were great again, 10 of 16. That's a good number. The Patriots were 3 of 9. 33%. You'll live with that. In fact, coming in, my God, I never thought that'd be the case. Steelers beat them in total yards, 413 to 360. Steelers doubled them up in rushing. Both teams threw a pick. It was even the point being there was th- there are things to take away from this it was even so don't be afraid that this team can't go up to foxborough and win a game have no fear the steelers can win there they can i didn't believe that going in i believe that now now i think the pessimistic steelers fan can say something along the lines of, well, if they're not going to beat him at home and they're going to play him even like that and they're going to get a couple of sacks on Brady, then what are they going to do on the road? Well, they didn't have Antonio Brown for the majority of the game. They didn't have Vance McDonald. That's another weapon that they have to deal with. They didn't have Joe Hayden on the other side, who's their best cornerback. The Steelers still have a lot of players who can come off the shelf and help them beat these guys. Are you feeling any better about the Steelers after yesterday's game? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Again, 412-922-2874 at underscore Adam Crowley. Expecting, perhaps, to hear from Stu Gotts of the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts in A couple of minutes here on the Crowley Show. He said if we don't get him today, we'll get him tomorrow. A lot of stuff going on, obviously, with ESPN's president, John Skipper, resigning. The Patriots weren't perfect yesterday. There's always this talk about how mystical they are. Are they? You really buy that? They found a way to win. I think that... Bill Belichick sold his soul to the devil. But they certainly didn't execute great down the stretch, now did they? They didn't play all that well. They gave him a 69-yard catch and run to Juju Smith-Schuster. They had an opportunity to shove him out on the boundary. They didn't do it. Tom Brady almost threw an interception at the end of the game. Should have thrown an interception at the end of the game. The Steelers got hosed, depending on who you ask, on that touchdown by Jesse James, and the Patriots got lucky that he didn't just roll over. They got lucky. They were a great football team, but sometimes great football teams get lucky, and that's what happened in this circumstance. I don't need you to polish their bums. Is that even a saying? I don't think so. You don't need to kiss their behinds because they won this game the way that they did. Colin Cowherd and his cohorts are saying things like, well, the Patriots made the necessary plays. Their attention to detail is excellent. And okay, yeah, their attention to detail is good. But it wasn't great at the end of this game. The only way that you could say that their attention to detail at the end of the game was good is if you had this preconceived notion coming in that they don't do anything wrong. That's the only way you could have felt that way. The only way you could have felt that way. Because they did a lot wrong, and unfortunately for the Steelers, the Steelers didn't do enough right. And that's what it comes down to. What it comes down to is New England did enough to be successful, and the Steelers didn't do enough. But the Patriots, they got bailed out by some luck. John Davis needs to catch that football. Ben Roethlisberger needs to not throw that interception. And Juju Smith-Schuster is running free down the freaking sideline, and all I hear is, oh, situational football, the Patriots are great in. That's an awful situation to allow that to happen. You never want a 69-yard gain. You certainly don't want one in that circumstance. The Steelers are better than them, I think. And some of these things point that out. Now, the second time you play him, if you do, you figure Bill Belichick's going to make some changes. The next time you play him, yeah, he's going to figure out something else to do, right? But the next time he plays him, you figure Antonio Brown's going to be part of the game plan. And Vance McDonald's going to be part of the game plan. And you've got an extra offensive lineman in Chris Hubbard who's going to be part of the game plan. How do you stop the Steelers' offense when they've got all those weapons when you couldn't stop the Steelers' offense when they didn't have those weapons? And I'm supposed to sit here all day and hear how great the Patriots are? They've been great. They're a good football team. It doesn't mean that they're impenetrable. And I think we learned yesterday that they're not. They're not. They're not impenetrable. They're not star-spangled awesome. They're the New England Patriots. They're a really good freaking football team. They're not much more than that. Good football teams lose. The Steelers could go in there and beat them. In hell, you know, if ball don't lie, you're a big believer in ball don't lie? If ball don't lie, they're going to lose next week to Buffalo. If ball don't lie, they're going to lose to Buffalo, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to beat Houston and wind up with the first seed anyhow. You know New England's going to roll them by like 30, right? Because Buffalo's going to New England, and then the Jets are... Going to New England, yeah, it's not promising. Both teams are going to win out. Both teams are going to be 13-3, and I believe, at the end of the year. Good thing Jacksonville dropped the game, right? Because if not, the Steelers could be looking at the three seed right now, and that would mean going to Jacksonville in the, next, the second week after playing probably the Baltimore Ravens in the first round. Unless, if ball don't lie, the Buffalo Bills happen to beat the Patriots this week. Doesn't look like we got Stu got today. He said if he could not make it today, we'd take a rain check for tomorrow. So we'll hopefully have Stugats for you tomorrow. Nice guy, though. I had a dream about Stugats last night. How weird is that? Where he was at my parents' house with me, and Dan Lebitard was there. And I gave each of them an Amstel Light, and we're sitting there sipping on Amstel Light, which is the most random beer ever. And we were acting as if we were all these great friends. And I woke up with such a warm and fuzzy feeling in my heart. Joe, you had a dream last night, too, didn't you? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, what happened? Uh, I dreamt that my neighbor's cat was at my house and I coughed up like a hairball. It's Like the size of another cat. So I uh, threw it away and then I ended up uh, having sex with Anne Hathaway. It's a Crowley show. So I woke up this morning to my cat clawing at the door. We have this thing that we put next to the door that sprays the cats when they get close enough, but it ran out of spray. So my wife's going to pick some up right now. There is nothing worse than waking up to your cat scratching the door. It's like a scene from The Walking Dead. You don't know what's behind the door. You just hear scratching, clawing. Today's been one of those days, I'm pissed, because my cat woke me up, my mom spent the night in the hospital, thanks to the damn New England Patriots, that's pretty much it actually, the rest of the day was fine, my mom's okay now, how about that though, my mom had to go to the hospital because she was having chest pains during the Steelers game, that's what the Patriots do, they bring out the worst in everyone, She's probably not the healthiest woman, but she's not unhealthy. And she spent the night in the hospital. New England, what are we going to do with you? I felt it from the beginning. Uh, Did you? I felt from the beginning that this game was different. It just had that playoff feel. And it was a devastating loss. But I want to focus on the positives. They moved the football, they got pressure on Brady, they took every weapon out of the game for New England except for Rob Gronkowski, that's going to be a problem, but they did everything that they set out to do for the most part in this game. How the hell are they going to stop Gronk the second time if there is one though? Oh my god. He might be the best player in football that's not a quarterback. I go back and forth with that all the time. Some weeks I feel like that's Le'Veon Bell. Other weeks I feel like that's Antonio Brown. Other weeks I feel like it's Rob Gronkowski or Aaron Donald. There are a lot of good players in this league right now. There are. But that guy, what do you do against someone who's 6'7"? Like, Sean Davis can run with him. Sean Davis did run with him. But Brady's as accurate a quarterback as there's ever been in this league. And Rob Gronkowski's five inches taller than him. And he's a monster. What do you think Gronk is made of? Is he a robot? Is he part animal? Like, would you be surprised if he's just making animal noises all the time? He just grunts and farts. Maybe that's what woke me up this morning. Dreaming about Rob Gronkowski. People keep talking about the NFL having problems because, oh my gosh, the players were kneeling during the National Anthem. Oh, I don't want to watch anymore. Bunch of whiny snowflakes. I think the problem is, if you watched Red Zone yesterday, you saw four or five plays like the play that ended effectively last night's game for Pittsburgh. What does this mean? Is this a catch? Is this not a catch? What's going on here? The rule book's convoluted. We don't really know. There was too much of that, and even in the game at the end of the night, the Sunday night game, Carr's diving forward, and he fumbles the football, and there's controversy surrounding that. Controversy, controversy, controversy. It's good for radio shows. Hell, there's been something to talk about for the Steelers every single week throughout the year, and there always will be, but the Steelers, I feel like, have had this more than anybody else. With the anthem controversy, quote unquote, Ben Roethlisberger's retirement, then non-retirement, Antonio Brown kicking the Gatorade cooler, Martavis Bryant taking out Juju Smith-Schuster online, Juju Smith-Schuster's bike being stolen, Ryan Shazier going down, there's been something every week that has been captivating enough that you want to talk about it 24-7, and that's what's happened this week, but I think the NFL would probably agree with me and say all the wrong reasons. The league would rather be talking about how great of a freaking game it was between the Patriots and the Steelers, and instead what they're talking about is, oh my god, what do you think about the call? And there are a lot of intelligent people that I follow on Twitter right now, and that I talk to in real life who are in the industry, that are having a difficult time trying to parse together what the NFL is intending when they write their rules. Ben's tweeted it out earlier, the description of the rule, that still leaves it ambiguous, even though, supposedly, it's supposed to take all the ambiguity away. Read this. Or I'll read it. You can't read it. I'm on the radio and you don't see what I'm reading. A player is considered to be going to the ground if he does not remain upright long enough to demonstrate that he is clearly a runner. If a player goes to the ground in the act of catching a pass, with or without contact by an opponent, he must maintain control of the ball until after his initial contact with the ground, whether in the field of play or the end zone. It goes on to say if he loses control of the ball and the ball touches the ground before he regains control, the pass is incomplete. What they chose to do is look at the last line there, but what you could have seen them do is look at the first line, which is he must maintain control of the ball until after his initial contact with the ground. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people what this rule means because it's convoluted. And that's what people have been discussing today, not about what great game it was between the Steelers and the Patriots. I'm sure that pisses off the NFL, at least to an extent, right? Or maybe not. Maybe they don't care. They're still raking in money hand over fist. But that's one of the things that's taking away the ratings. And then last night, I think, was another... Good example of the other issue in the game right now. Antonio Brown got hurt. A lot of star players have been hurt this year. A lot of star players have been hurt. T.J. Watt is fine. His brother, J.J., though, not so fine. Not playing. One of the biggest stars in the National Football League coming off of an offseason where he was a hero because of all the money that he got donated to Hurricane Relief. He's hurt. Rodgers got hurt. Watson, the new quarterback for Houston, got hurt. Up and down the league, great players. Banged up. That's going to affect ratings. You could put together a Pro Bowl for some of the players who got hurt this year. And it makes the games uglier to watch when you don't have great talent on the field. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley that's where Ryan comes into the conversation. That was as close to a win as you get. The bottom line is we still haven't beat those bastards in forever. Steelers have the talent to beat the Patriots, but I think we need to play them in Pittsburgh to win. Well you probably just kicked that one out the window. Yeah there's always the possibility the Patriots could lose and the Steelers could win out, but you really see that happening? I don't think the Patriots are going to lose. Hopefully the Steelers win out so that they don't have to go on the road. Although they wouldn't have to go on the road, but the Steelers would have to play a longer road to the championship. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I mentioned the ratings. This is good. Austin tweets. Maybe Steelers fans were a little miffed at the NFL after that call yesterday. Pittsburgh market got a 6.4 local rating for Cowboys Raiders last night, which is NBC's lowest Sunday night football figure in that market on record. That's 216 games. Since 2006. Let me get your final thoughts here on the Steelers versus the Patriots. I asked this question on Twitter. It was our Twitter poll of the day at underscore Adam Crowley. Even though the game would likely be in New England, do you feel better about the Steelers' chances after last night? Tell me why. 75% of y'all said yes. I agree. I feel better about it. I said there was a 0% chance that they'd win going into the game. I think now, eh, I put it at 50-50 before. uh, I won't go that far. 60-40 New England, 55-45 New England. I think the Steelers are better than them. But you're on the road. It's a tough place to play. They've got the GOAT at both coach and quarterback. Uh, I'm going to give them the edge, but I feel better about the Steelers' chances. Patrick tweets, get Hayden and A.B. and McDonald back. Played well enough to win yesterday without them. They did play well enough, and you do get those guys. That's huge. Dan tweets, Cam Sutton proves he will add capable depth with Hayden back. I believe they will execute a better game plan against Gronk. McDonald will provide a mismatch down the seam, and we will rotate fresh receivers in A, B, and Bryant waking up. The big positive from yesterday's game to me was Bryant coming kind of back. Four catches, 59 yards, one key third down conversion, one big play, and then one touchdown. If that's what you get out of him, the rest of the way, that's huge. Because you've got other weapons. Cam Sutton did play well, too. And I thought that Hilton, for the most part, played well. Knocked a couple of sure touchdowns away. Six Lombardi's got to love that. Tweets, they finally didn't play drop zone coverage. That doesn't work. They didn't? They got to find an answer for Gronk, though. They've got to. That's the biggest thing for the next matchup, if there is one. I said it earlier. I said, ball don't lie, though. Maybe the Patriots do find a way to stub their toe against Buffalo. Buffalo's still fighting for a playoff spot. 1 o'clock on Sunday. I know what Steelers fans are going to be watching. And then it's Jacksonville on the road going to Garoppoloville, where they've won three in a row after starting out 1-10. Sunday'll still be a big football day here in Pittsburgh, but unfortunately it comes with scoreboard watching and that wasn't the case before. Tomorrow on the show, will Graves from The Associated Press as it is a Tuesday. A favorite of the Crowley show and we're expecting Stu Gotts from the Dan Lebitard show with Stu Gotts. I'm still upset. My energy sapped. It was a fine show today it wasn't a great show. The Patriots try to suck out my will to live. Hey, Joe, what was your dream last night? I had a dream that uh, my neighbor's cat came over, had a huge hairball, and I cleaned it up and then uh, hooked up with Anne Hathaway. Yeah! Yeah!